Hi, and welcome to the 34th Ornithology Podcast. My name is Fiona Tatton, and I'll be your host. Ornithology is a digital magazine and professional community powered by female energy and ingenuity. We champion equal recognition and reward for everyone, sharing opportunities, ideas, and a deep pool of collective wisdom, supporting each other to be unstoppable. The theme of the show today is Women in Energy and Sustainability. I will be joined by Yawande Akinola, MBE, innovator, design engineer, visiting professor, board member, and Innovate UK ambassador for clean growth and infrastructure. As ever, Inesh Santos, our associate editor, will be sharing the details of the news stories in the written issue. A quick reminder that you sign up for the Womanthology newsletter by filling in your details on the front page of our website. That's womanthology.co.uk. You can also join our LinkedIn community by visiting linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash womanthology and find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Welcome to the Womanthology podcast. We've got Yuande Akinola and she is innovator, design engineer, visiting professor, board member, and she is an ambassador for clean growth and infrastructure at Innovate UK. Yuande, how are you doing? How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Fiona. Great to be here. Things are good. Um, the sun is shining today. <laughs> doesn't get much better than that really does it we're on the podcast now but we did speak for a, a womanthology written interview and it was pretty much a year ago oh, around about to the day it's how time's flown where is the year gone it, it, it's crazy i don't know where time is going i just literally don't know um, but they say when you're having fun time flies <laughs> Well, you've been very busy, so we're going to delve into everything that you've been up to, and I'm really looking forward to catching up with you. So if it's all right, we will have a bit of a recap on your various roles. What roles do you have at the moment? Because you've got a lot, perhaps, um, in relation to those, what are the things that you're working on at the moment? So let's see, I, I became a mom for the second time. I've had another baby, so there's two people needing my attention and needing my <laughs> my presence at all times. My youngest is nine months now. I had her not long after we spoke the last time. And then I have carried on with quite a number of the things that I was doing when we spoke. So I'm still a visiting professor at Westminster. I've been engaging with students there, engaging with staff as well to support some of the incredible initiatives that they've got on um, at the moment. I'm still on the board of trustees for the Institution of Engineering and Technology, which I absolutely love. There's been a lot of strategy and strategy development over the last year. I've been doing ambassador duties <laughs> with Innovate UK. And you know what? Since we spoke, there have been a lot of webinars, a lot of panel discussions, lots of really interesting sessions with women doing incredible stuff in the innovation space, especially around sustainability, clean growth, net zero. I've been working with young people all over the world. I've run another big engineering work experience week with students from all over the world. It was hugely exciting again last year. 
and I'm super excited for this year. I've been consulting as well. People have come up to me and said, oh, you know what, we, we've got this challenge. Would you provide some insight into solving a problem that we've been trying to solve? I'm sure there's other stuff that I've missed, but it's been very busy. Huge congratulations on your new arrival as well. I've been on social media. I was there. super, super, super <laughs> cute as well. And Thank think, you. And your social media is fab as well, because I just think it's really varied and interesting. It gives a really good sense of the breadth of the different things that you're doing. It always looks like you're having the best time as well. <laughs> I need to post um, some super, super tired versions of me as well. (laughs) (laughs) What we've seen all looks super fun, but I'm sure the tired stuff would be good too. And how are you continuing to adapt to COVID-19 in your professional life? And what's the most important thing that it's taught you, would you say? Um, Jim, that's an amazing question. And, And every so often I have to remind myself that I've changed certain things and I really need to stick to the change that I have made. But the hybrid approach to life has been amazing. Being intentional about the flexibility that has come as a result of us not having to go into an office all the time. I've I've engaged with quite a number of people on a slightly deeper level because as against just meeting people really briefly at an event I've had one-on-one with lots of people so whether it's around careers or design solutions or fitting into the crazy world of engineering I've been able to have deeper connections with people albeit over zoom and, and then I've, I've connected with the world on, on a bigger scale, especially through the Work Experience Week. Over the last two years, I've managed to interact with students from over 25 different countries. And that's been really amazing. So, yeah, I think with the COVID-19 thing, it does open things up a lot because I remember a few years back, I had mm. to get on a train to London to do anything with anybody, have a meeting, yeah. run an event, anything at all. And it has changed things, COVID, and obviously there's the whole Zoom thing, Teams mm-hmm. thing, whatever, and mm-hmm. it does open things up a lot. I think people are using it slightly differently than they were. I know now I don't feel the need to have every single meeting exactly. or interaction over it because sometimes yeah. it can be quite tiring I think if you yes. back-to-back zoom calls all day it can wipe you out a little bit so I think now people are being a bit more choosy about when they use it and when they don't exactly and and, and that has been my approach because I still like to hang out with people see people I thought that after two years I'd have lost that but it's having the flexibility and, and the option to go actually it's much easier for me to have a quick chat with you on Zoom. And if I'm in London or if I'm in Birmingham in two weeks, I can see you. I can see somebody else and I can see somebody else and just be more efficient as well about interactions, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, we like that. And with Innovate UK, how is that driving new innovation in the UK at the moment? So I've seen there's an incredible amount of opportunities. Could you give us a bit of an overview of Innovate UK, the sort of things it's doing at the moment? Very simply, Innovate UK is the UK's innovation agency. It's there to contribute to the economy of this country by providing the support that you and I and lots of people like us need to be able to come up with new ideas 
either for the built environment or for the manufacturing industry or for the technology industry. The last year has been quite eventful for Innovate UK. The new CEO has been working really hard to ensure that the organization can continue to operate with a high level of efficiency. There are lots of different people working on construction projects, on clean energy projects, on supporting women in innovation. There are lots of different spin-outs as well, again, designed to help people along the journey. So if you're looking for some form of funding, if you're looking for the support that you need to be able to really establish your business and either scale up or collaborate with other people, there are people within Innovate UK that are there to help make that happen. But the thing I always say to people, right, it's a big, massive world out there. And the only person who would fully understand the scale and the potential of one's idea is yourself. It's really about going on that journey to be able to connect the dots. Because in my view, success comes from interacting with lots of different people, lots of different groups, knowing what you can practically get out of one organization and knowing how to leverage whatever it is that you get out of organizations like Innovate UK and using that to get you to the next point, either in progressing your idea or developing a prototype or finding people to test the product on. And, and that is the journey, you know, and, and, and to think that Innovate is part of that journey for me is really, really exciting. But also knowing that it brings together an incredible network of people. And, and, and then there's the work that it does, funding and supporting entrepreneurs. But then there's also the other layer of the people that you meet as part of attending events, as part of um, attending sessions. So what I always say to people is interact with Innovate UK, but make sure that you go to the events as well. Make sure you meet people at those events. Make sure you attend the webinars. Make sure you take contact details of the people that you meet at the webinars and then see what magic could potentially happen as a result of that. And do you think with entrepreneurs, it's about having your elevator pitch and articulating what the value is of what you do? Because not everybody gets to that point straight away. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it takes a bit of time for people to realize what the value is of what they do. So that elevator pitch element is important. It is very much so. And, and I, I guess also you have to be in it to get to the point where you're happy with your offering. So you need to be having the discussions. You need to be trialing your idea unsuspecting uh, members of the public. You know what I mean? And that is a journey in itself. Every single day you speak to somebody about your idea, you are one step further to coming to that perfect, well, I say perfect, nothing is perfect, but that ideal product stroke service that would have the potential to do really well in whatever markets is designed for. Absolutely. And we're in the middle at the moment of unprecedented challenges in the supply of energy. How can engineers and innovation help that? There's no doubt that the skills, and I'm being very particular in terms of my reference to the skills, it is the skills of engineers 
um, and technologies that help us see the step change that we need. That is not confined to engineering skills. I think there's a little bit of politics in it. I think there's bits of business as well in it. There's also communication and really standing for what is right. But if I go back to the engineering piece and the sustainability piece, the people who are in the business of coming up with good sustainable energy solutions are committed to making our world a better place. Very simply put, they go into it because they want to see us use less fossil fuels. They want to see us make the most of what is naturally available to us, like the sun. (laughs) They want to explore options like hydrogen. They want to see a, a more considerate approach to battery technology. And they go in with that commitment to our world. The other layer of it for the individuals is they bring the skills that we need. They would be very resilient with the research process. They would be intentional with the outcomes that they're looking for. And and so they need to be at the heart of conversations. They need to be right at the heart of strategy. They need to be right at the heart of budgets as well. There's some really interesting stuff happening in that space at the moment. I'm seeing people come up with the most interesting waste to energy solutions, which is amazing. I'm seeing collaboration between universities and individuals, universities and small organizations. I'm seeing people work with other people in different parts of the world because you can outsource that type of innovation these days. You can work with people from all over the world because there's that common ambition. I'm seeing people work on battery technology to obviously start to think of better ways, more considered and considerate ways of developing our battery technology. That's everything from how you dispose of the battery when they come to the end of their lives. With hydrogen as well, we're seeing some big organizations delve into that space. It's the engineering knowledge and experience that they have gathered over the years to come up with the right and the safest solution. And nuclear is also part of the conversation and maybe not the massive nuclear plants as we know them. There's small modular um, reactors that people are working really hard on to ensure our safe for existence amongst human beings and are not tied to huge investments and huge budgets and huge programs, things that can be deployed almost as a decentralized system in in our country. So there's there's a lot happening. And I think that we need to remain persistent with the process of innovating. We need to stay true to the ambition that we need to step away from burning and burning and burning lots of fossil fuels. And then really think about the next generation and think of what our legacy would be. Absolutely. I'm just hoping that there's some engineers that are going to re-engineer everything. So my energy bills are going to get back to normal before too long. Yeah. yeah. So, so this one is an interesting one for me, right? So the likes of the big players have just announced, (laughs) they've just announced some 
ridiculous profits, right? Yeah, massive. I'm thinking, gosh, what is going on here? How can there be a seeming energy scarcity and these huge, huge profits being reported? And in my mind, it goes back to the fact that the people who are really passionate about doing the right things need to step up to the game. Their voices need to be louder. There needs to be more intention in whatever claims or ambitions that we have to ensure that we are investing in the right type of energy and in the right type of services to people in in this country. So it's an interesting one for me. It's politics, it's business, but then engineering and the science of lots of great technology needs to be at the heart of all conversations. And um, since we last spoke, not only have you become a mum for the second time, you have also become, uh, hopefully I've got this right, the first black woman to become an honorary fellow of the Royal Academy <laughs> of Engineering. Have I got that right? Is that, is that what's happening? So very, very close. So myself and Anne-Marie Imafadon, yeah, became the first black women to be named honorary fellow. And, and, and when I was signing the book, it was the first black woman's signature that was going into the, the book of honorary fellows, I should say, because there have been some amazing black fellows join the, the academy, yes. Wow, wow, but huge congratulations Thank on you. that. Super exciting. How well has Anne-Marie done as well? So we're seeing her on Countdown now. as well. Yes. I switched on the other day. So I thought, <laughs> thought it's much more exciting with her on there, isn't it? Yes. No, no. Do you know what? Anne-Marie and Rachel Riley, I want to see them just carry on as a, a pair yes. um, because I think both of them are wonderful role models. I mean, my nine-month-old just sits there in front of the television watching her bring all the figures out and do all the multiplication. And my first daughter, who was five, and I just keep on thinking to myself, gosh, the thousands of young girls all over the country, all over you know, the world who would be watching being inspired, thinking that one day I can be a mathematician or I can be a scientist or an engineer. It's something to be celebrated. And I'm so proud of Anne-Marie. I really am because she works hard. Um, And I know that filming Countdown was not easy, (laughs) but she put in the time, the effort and and the commitment, which is amazing. And STEMETS as well that she co-founded, didn't she? STEMETS. I'm just a massive fan of what they do as well. For anybody who's not familiar with what they do, check it out. (laughs) Go check it out, please. Yes. (laughs) And you're an advocate of work experience and you've been championing this. So you mentioned it earlier as well. But what are the best examples of really cracking work experience that you've come across during the work that you've done to champion it? So with engineering, if I start with my story, I did a year in industry between my second and my third year. I worked for Thames Water for a year. I was based in the Reading office. I had the most incredible mentors within the organization who really helped me understand real life engineering. And that made a massive difference. Going back into my final year, applying for jobs. And when I got a job with Varrock, the engineering was real in my head. It's hard for me to understand theory. I need to be able to 
picture it happening in my head. I need to be able to understand that it affects my life in real time to be able to understand it. You're an activist. I'll, I'll take that, yes. And so it's always been important for me to help people get a bit of an understanding of real life engineering. And so in 2020, when I was getting messages from students saying, we've not been able to secure work experience, we're in our third year, we're really worried it's going to have an impact on us when we graduate, or we've not been able to get work experience in my first year, I don't understand the engineering that I'm hearing in my classroom. It was so important that I used whatever connection, stroke resources I had to give them an insight. Now, it became an international initiative because of the universal language that engineering is. And that is such a massive luxury. So anybody who wants to be able to speak a universal language, speak engineering. The fact that you can apply it in one country and you can apply the same principles in another country makes it really global. And I was keen to create a space where people could see the applicability of the ideas that were relevant in their own immediate spaces for them to be able to see how it could be applied to other countries. And so we had people from Zimbabwe bringing great ideas to the table, ideas that were applicable to water solutions here in the UK. We had people work as a group. There was Chile, there was Singapore, there was Hong Kong, they were able to come up with sustainable solutions for housing, solving very similar problems. It's been really good to see the students succeed since. Every time I get a message to say I just got a job or I'm going to do a master's or I feel like the session that, that we had where I heard from this incredible engineer somewhere in the world, I feel like it really had a massive impact on my life. Those make it really worth the while, definitely. And it's going to happen again in 2022. We're hoping to go bigger this year. So I'm really excited to see growth. Well, whatever we can do to spread yeah. the word, help and support, then really pleased to do that. It's lovely when you get that feeling where you've helped somebody or you've heard of somebody that's been helped through something that you've been involved in and you just get that, it's just that, that warm, fuzzy feeling, isn't it? Which brings me to my next question, actually, which is about what Womanphology listeners and readers can do to support what you're doing as well. How can we help you? Oh, yes. Please reach out to me, please, please, please. So for, for 2022... We are looking for people who can come and speak. We're looking for organizations that have got a budget and are happy to fund different hubs in different parts of the world to be able to connect and have lots of sessions and meet engineers from all over the world. We're looking for people who would mentor students as well. People who would be happy to have a 10, 15 minute conversation every so often. We're looking for people who are able to open their doors as well to students. So if you are up for any of the things I've mentioned, please, please, please uh, reach me um, on LinkedIn. You can reach me via my website. You can reach me um, by email as well, pa at yoandeakionlad.co.uk. Amazing. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. So okay. there is no excuse for people <laughs> not to get right in touch there and, and help out. And I'm sure they'd love to as well. So we will do our very best there. Thank and you. 
And finally, what is coming up next for you? What are you excited about? Because it's going to have to be a lot to top the, the year that you've just had. <laughs> so it took me a while to gather my thoughts for 2022. You know, like 2022 just happened. And I was like, oh my goodness, what am I doing this year? And, and it, it's taking me all of, of January to really figure out what my theme is for the rest of 2022. But I'm almost there. And there's a big growth theme running pretty much through and across a lot of the initiatives that I've um, worked on over the last five, 10 years. I'm super keen to uh, scale up efforts in building a community of incredible engineers. I've been having lots of one-on-one conversations with people over the last <laughs> how many how many years? And, and some of the conversations have been wonderful. But then I'm realizing that there are a lot more people who want that five, 10 minutes of hearing either my experience or the experience of, of, of people that I, I know. So this year, um, I'm looking to bring a few of um, those people together to reach out to a community of STEM people, STEM women who are really interested in how they can feel refreshed within their careers and feel like they've got something to bring to the different companies that they work with. So watch that space. It's coming. I I literally have just come to the place where I've gone, this needs to happen this year. I've been doing a bit of consulting. I think I'm just going to keep that at the level at which it is now. So I'll just keep that running, supporting people with sustainability and how they are able to do their work to bring in design thinking and design for sustainability into the work that they're doing is, is, is going to just carry on as normal. With the first one, I'm hoping to build a community as well on um, a platform called The Stack World. So anybody listening, go check out the stack.world because I'm going to be hanging out there. It's been founded by Shama Dean Reed. It's an incredible space for women who are wanting to, 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 to do good work and, and, and progress the things that they're doing. And then Work Experience Week, as I mentioned earlier, is going to grow this year. Fingers and toes crossed. We're working very hard in the background to ensure that we can reach a lot more students this year. And those are the three things. One thing I've learned is there's always something that comes, boof. Like last year, there were so many things that happened that I did not expect, but I'm just going to pick them up and work with the pace that they currently are running. So collaborations with universities, engaging with the students, coming up with ideas that help to progress research at some of the universities that I'm connected with. Very exciting, scary at the same time. There's not enough time, but we'll just, we'll see how we get on. Somebody once said to me, if you're not being scared you're not you're not growing are you you're not you're not being challenged you're not growing so let's embrace the fear and, yes and and, and do it anyway um, just- there's a few things bobbling along I'm trying to grow my team as well which is great it's that scary growth process when you're just like okay things need to get done also for this year I'm going to do a lot more public speaking I did quite a bit last year, considering the circumstances, but this year, I, I think I'm, I'm going to be like a, a bit more intentional with it. I haven't been publicizing it at all. It's always been 
oh, I attended an event, but I'm going to do a little bit more to put it out there. So hosting events, I'm taking bookings. <laughs> well, I shall put all the details in the show notes so okay. people can find you, connect with you. So we will keep in touch. Anything we can do to help and support you. Yes. But, uh, you wonder it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you as ever let's catch up again yes again and we'll find out what else has happened because it just gets more and more exciting so thank you so much thank you and thank you for your enthusiasm thank you very much you just take care it will do fiona a huge pleasure thank you Hello, my name is Ines Santos. I am the Associate Editor of Womanfology and I am here to tell you all about our new Women in Energy and Sustainability issue. The stories include Yasmin Ali is an Energy Innovation Program Manager at the UK Government's Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy. She shares the work she's doing to help the UK reach net zero carbon emissions by 2050. Trained as a chemical engineer, Yasmin has worked extensively on outreach and science communication during her career, and through this, she's even met the Queen. Shalaka Patil is an Arctic microbiologist and PhD researcher at the University of Bergen in Norway. Shalaka tells us all about her experience of living in the Arctic and exploring glaciers as part of her fieldwork. She also talks about bringing together women in polar research. Scarlett Louise is a grid automation engineer at Florida Power and Light Company in the United States. Scarlett talks to us about her role working to maintain energy supplies and how this is of such vital importance to people's quality of life. Scarlett is passionate about inclusion too, having recently taken part in a tech hack for inclusion. Faye Clifton is a director and head of growth at Green and Blue, a British company that makes a unique collection of sustainable products to give nature a home within the built environment, including bee bricks. Faye explains how Green and Blue is a certified B Corp, which means the business meets the highest of standards for social and environmental impact. Another B Corp is Rewild the Frame, Claire Bishop's photography business that aims to showcase our true relationship with nature. Claire offers her services to brands and small businesses who want to capture the real, honest people and showcase their love for the natural world within brand imagery. Do check out our website, womanfology.co.uk, to read the full stories. And that is all from me. Sadly, that's all we have time for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you want to support what we do, share the link for the show on social media and also follow the show. Your feedback is really important, so please do rate and review the show in your podcast app. Join us for the next episode where we celebrate International Women's Day 2022, the theme of which is Break the Bias. We look forward to you joining us then.